it's time for the Super Coach Professionals Roundtable Podcast. And here's your hosts, Paulie G, Ryan MS, Peter Hanscom, and Andrew Muldock Molinaroli. Yeah, it sure is. We're back for another week. Uh, Australian team's been announced, eight rounds already done. Andrew Muldock Molinaroli back with us this week. How are you, Andrew? Very well, mate. Uh, all, all very excited for the uh, the test. Yeah, it should be good. We've only got one more week. Of course, we're going to take a take our obligatory week off next week. But there's a jam packed show this week. First, Ryan MS joining us as well. How are you, mate? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. All things considered. Yeah, all things considered, we we ventured out to Bruce Stadium or Canberra Stadium, as it's now called, didn't we? Saturday night, and not much fun. Anyway. <laughs> not at all. We've also got Pat Lyons from Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care with us. How are you, mate? Very good, Paul. How are you today? Very good. You've got your work cut out for you uh, this week. A host of injuries and, and almost all of them quite super coach relevant. So uh, we might as well get straight into it. Going back to Friday night, South Sydney, a couple of injuries there. Looks like um, Adam Reynolds, we're now hearing that he hasn't uh, rebroken his jaw. Um, I guess the fear was after that hit from, from Adam Blair that he'd redone it. Can you sort of explain a bit, you know, what can happen when you've come back from a broken jaw and that healing time and, and if it is more susceptible to this type of uh, re-injury? Um, well, I guess you could say if it's early in the piece still, there's a possibility that the old fracture site is still a potential weak spot. Um, then over time, that can be actually a, a stronger point. So um, I think there was some confusion about what the imaging turned up as whether it was an old or a new um, marking on the X-ray yeah, yeah. Um, or the scans they had. But it sounds like if it was a um, really big, new, obvious one, they, yeah, that at least hasn't happened. So um, hopefully it's just the, um, it was the old imaging showing up and he's, he's good to go. Lucky for uh, his owners, they play first. So Thursday night, follow us on Twitter at SuperCoachPros and we'll give you that information now before kickoff, whether he's in or not. That's really going to help you out. Not such good news for his teammate, Heimel Hunt. He's out for apparently up to five months with a ruptured pectoral muscle. Um, you know, we've talked about pec injuries before. Pat, our, our regular listeners would know that really Hunt if he was in your team as sort of an upside player earlier in the year, he's he's really he's not going to be back, is he, for a long term? Yeah, he was struggle. I mean, Boyd Corden came back, I think, went back, but um, typically that's the that's the um, more rare occurrence. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he'll be looking at a big stint out, and it's pretty much his season. Another injury in that game to Broncos hooker Andrew McCulloch. Now, he hasn't been getting as much game time um, this year as in past years, so not as supercoach relevant as in the past, but looks like still six weeks with a hamstring injury. Now, he hyperextended his left knee, but now they're saying that's okay. It's the, a tear to the hamstring tendon. Um, is the six weeks sort of accurate there with a, with a torn hammy? Yeah, particularly with that near the tendon, they're sometimes a bit slower to heal, so um, I think six weeks sounds about right. It'll be interesting to monitor that. Cody Nicarima looked pretty good um, in his place. Travis Waddell's been named in that team, which we'll go through later, so 
Nick Arima could be a good upside play. A couple of years ago, we saw Jake Granville fill in for Andrew McCulloch when Granville was still with the Broncos and had some pretty big super coach scores before McCulloch came back. So one to watch there. Um, Tia Maria Martin, he was a cheapie that a lot of uh, owners brought in, but he's got a shoulder injury at least two weeks out, um, maybe longer. We sort of haven't got any more information about that, Pat, so I guess we'll have to talk about it more in two weeks' time when we're next on because, of course, the test next week we'll have in a week off. But it is uh, important to know. And then the Manly um, Newcastle game, host of injuries coming out of that one. Um, another hamstring for Brett Stewart. Probably the biggest one for Supercoach Tom Draborovic, a high ankle sprain. Now, they're saying um, six to eight weeks with that um, sprained ankle. Uh, does that sound about right? Uh, yeah, it, it's, um, it, it must be a fairly good sprain if it's pushing out towards eight weeks. So, you know, a typical sprain would be four to six, but if it's a high ankle sprain, so it you know, possibly involves endosmosis, that's a little bit slower. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt the time frame too much. It sounds about right to me. We hear about syndesmosis more and more, um, you know, probably not a term that, that the regular um, NRL follower, rugby league follower heard before. What What is the difference there, or is that just the technical term for the for the ankle sprain? Uh, no, the syndesmosis is um, kind of a fibrous, um, uh, like a sheet of ligament that sits in between the tibia and fibula. And so if there's an ankle sprain that's forceful enough to kind of um, provide a splitting force so that the tibia and the fibula sort of separate a bit, the syndesmosis can be injured in that process. Right. Uh, and, and I guess that's the sort of the nasty word that we, that we might hear in this case and other cases that could extend out this um, layoff. Possibly, yeah. If it's a high ankle sprain, that's the structure they're usually sort of um, referring to. Uh, it's, it, sometimes it can be just a, you know sometimes the diagnosis becomes popular too so you just hear about it more often than you you used to. <laughs> a few years ago, I was osteoarthritis pubis was everyone had that when most of the time it was probably just a, a ductus strain or something. But um, we're taking on their word if it's a, if it is a um, syndesmosis injury, it's more likely to be a longer layoff than um, a typical ankle sprain. Interesting to hear because obviously there's a general buy coming up and then the Eagles also have a buy in round 12. So Tom Trebovich may not actually be out that many games but it's still a long layoff having him on your bench. Apocyte Coruscant never easy with these um, back injuries. They're saying a lower back that he'll need to rehab. I guess Mark, Matt Parcell we talked about last week on the show due to come back. As you predicted he didn't play on Monday but very close so he should be right next week but again you've got to follow us on, on Twitter for those uh, last minute changes there at Supercoach Pros. Let's move to the Knights now. The big one was Jared Mullen pulling up with that torn hamstring again uh, I guess, you know, we talked about ha- the hamstrings <laughs> earlier uh, with Andrew McCulloch. So, again, we're looking probably at that four to six weeks, I'd assume. Yeah, and he may be longer. If that was one of those ones, you know, you could shot by a sniper, that sort of oh, yeah. that full speed, um, when they go like that, they're, um, it's, it's usually a decent tear. So, um, yeah, four to six, if he's lucky. Right, and apparently he'd injured it in the nines, I believe, in the right. pre-season. So this is just, yeah, not 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 good. Um, Peter Matauti had just moved back to Newcastle to join his um, brothers, and um, he looks like he's out now, um, six to eight weeks with a medial collateral ligament there, the MCL. Um, I guess minimum for that. 
That seems about right to me. Um, if it's um, you know, low to medium grade strain, then um, that would be about on par. The Warriors took some more plays, not just on the scoreboard uh, on Monday night, but Tumalola Lalehi. Um, he looked to hurt his knee again, looking at a strained medial ligament. Now, is this, if, if it's a strain, does that mean more a shorter time span, or again, are we looking six to eight? Well, they, sometimes the, the words strains and tear are used interchangeably, but right. generally the strain, I think they sort of use that more if it's um, a, a lower-grade tear, so probably more towards the shorter end of the, the possible spectrum for um, time off if they're using that sort of terminology. It's just... Uh, the hits keep coming for the Warriors, of course. Roger Tuovasa-Shek out for the season last week, and a lot of owners would have potentially brought in Lola here for Tuovasa-Shek, so <laughs> really not doing well there. But maybe if this is the shorter term, you don't need to use another trade. Um, you'll be tossing it up, however, depending on your circumstance and guys that you need to bring in. Simon Mannering had an interesting one with a nasty uh, facial cut. Apparently it went um, through the through a muscle there and they needed to go see a plastic surgeon that night um i suppose it, it, you know in that sense it's it's a, the facial injury can you do more damage by playing this week or is it something that if he feels like he can play through the pain he could just he could just play um i think it would depend i'm not really sure whether which part of his face was cut and which muscle was involved so yeah um it would probably be a you know It'd be safe to play, but the, the the risk of injuring a muscle that's involved in some of your facial expressions, for example, would be a pretty big risk to take. Um, yeah, watching so, the game, it you know it was around the lip area. That originally they thought it might have been a broken jaw, but but um, I'm not sure whether the whether it was above the lip or below where that cut was. Yeah, right. Um, uh, I don't know what they'll do. It's it's tricky because you, you don't you can just take a random knock there pretty easily. You know, ball. Forearm bounces off the ball and um, hits you in the face again. Um, so it depends how conservative they want to be with it. The Warriors uh, on later in the round two, so you may want to be conservative uh, when planning your uh, team for this week if you own Simon Mannering. Finally, um, we saw young Tonamapia Ton- uh, limp off late in that game. Um, he has been named for next week, but uh, but I guess. Uh, that's a question with a, a knee injury, they're saying. Um, I suppose, again, one to watch via Twitter, at SuperCoachPros. We don't have a lot of information, Pat, on, on that one, just um, saying that he's hurt his knee early in the contest. So I guess we can't really know more about that until um, we hear if you know, any x-rays are done, etc., etc. Yeah, it's a bit tricky to make a judgment based on that info. Well, Pat... You've got through it. Thank you so much, uh, a host of them there. And, uh, of course, you can go to Coogee Bay Health and Injuries Care website there, www.coogeebay.physio, or call their Sydney number 02966596667. And um, look, go there. It's not just for sporting injuries, back or neck injuries. Go and see Pat and see how knowledgeable he is in regards to the, uh, the rugby league. Uh, players and, and injuries, he's going to be able to help you out. And don't forget, you can go to our website, uh, www.supercoachpros.com, click on the link there, and you'll get a 20% discount as a Supercoach Pros listener for your first visit. So, you know, 
what are you waiting for? If you live in the Sydney area, go check Pat out. Mate, we'll see you in two weeks. Uh, enjoy the, the week off and the uh, test. We'll and um, we'll talk to you That's in a fortnight. The rep, the rep round, always a good round to enjoy. Yeah, it should be a good game. Semi Radraja are named for Australia, a bit controversially, but I'm looking forward to seeing him playing, and Australia need to win. So, haven't won uh, lately, so, you know, it's all on the line. Excellent. All right. Thank you again, Pat, and we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks, mate. Yeah, and I guess the confusing one, and we're going to get to it later on, of course, but it's mainly those hosts of in- injuries, Andrew. What are they going to do at fullback on the wing in in, in the halves, potentially at hooker? Yeah, mate, it's a really tricky one. I mean, we've, we've mentioned it before about the uh, the old uh, Monday night game or the Monday game, just releasing the team. I mean, <laughs> they've, got, they've got Stewart in a fullback and Javojevic on the wing, and I don't think there's a... Yeah, the way Brent uh, Trent Barrett was saying, that there's no way in hell that uh, Stuart and Trevojevic are going to be playing. So, I mean, it's really tricky too. So I heard him saying uh, Dylan Walker is possibly a fullback and um, Matthew Wright coming from the Cowboys is uh, not a moment too soon. So there are some options. But, again, it's, we're going to have to wait until it's a bit closer because there's no way of knowing just yet. Yeah, and we'll talk about it, of course, we get to those. Uh, the preview of round nine a bit later in the show, but uh, Trent Barrett pulling the old trick of just naming the same team from the Monday. Hey, if you didn't believe us before, you've got to believe us now with that old uh, old chestnut. Let's go to the round eight um, teams and the Raiders dominating, or the round eight points, I should say, and the Raiders dominating um, proceedings in, in regards to Supercoach and, of course, on the scoreline. Jordan Rapana, 163. Joseph Lelua, 132. Then Cam Smith popping up with 127. Melbourne's big win over the Warriors. Some massive numbers this week in Supercoach. Josh Hodgson, Elliot Whitehead in there, both getting uh, three figures, 117, 114, respectively. Jesse Bromwich was massive, 107. You would have liked having him in your team in daily leagues. Uh, I sure did. <laughs> Michael Morgan, 105 for the Cowboys. Jake Trevorovich, big one there, 105. James Fisher-Harris, the breakout game for him with 103, along with Cameron Munster from the Storm, also 103. But, Ryan, that was impressive on Sunday. Fisher-Harris. Yeah, he did very, very well um, and came up with two. It was on the end of um, two fantastic tries as well. Um but yeah, he's. I think he's announced himself, and hopefully, I mean, he's probably not going to keep up that level of point scoring. But hopefully, he, um, yeah, gets a nice average going if you if you if you're going to pick him up. These sort of big guys, you know, that we we always talk about on the show. I think Nelson Asofa Solomono is another one that, you know, any given week, and we we did think with Fisher Harris it could happen. Hard to bank on it week in week out, but it was a good. Good performance, tougher matchup this week. Let's have a look at a tweet that we actually got from last week from David Spadaro when he asked what team has the most dominating forward pack for laying a platform for their halves and who has the worst. Now, of course, we answered it best we could, but we thought if we ran it through our predictor, um, looking backwards rather than forwards, um, we might get some interesting info out of that. We've done just that during the week. So after the eight rounds, um, the Cowboys actually lay the best uh, platform if you're just purely looking from the middle third forwards. Their um, front rowers and, and their lock in Tamalolo, all their 
and their bench players combined. When you break it down to one player playing for 80 minutes, their supercoach score is 88.95. They're almost hitting 89. The Storm right up there in the 88s as well. And the Panthers, uh, perhaps a little bit surprisingly, just after that. And then the Titans come in fourth with 86. It drops um, after that. Um, down to 83 with the Sharks and the Raiders and the, and the Seagulls. So if you correlate that to Harms, it's interesting because we don't actually... The Cowboys do right up there, obviously, with Thurston and Morgan in the mid-60s and third, but the Broncos actually lead the way, even though they're only mid-pack in regards to their front rowers, supercoach point scoring. Broncos halves, clearly the best so far this year. And then you, in the left side, the Bulldogs there, Moses Embi, the Warriors on the right side with Sean Johnson. But we don't really see those teams feature either. Um, so you're not getting a great correlation super coach wise there, except with that dominant team, um, except with the dominant team, sorry, the Cowboys. Looking at the other end, however, we do see some similarities. The Knights are the worst. Um, their left half-back's middle in Jared Mullen, but their right half-back's the worst-scoring Supercoach one. That would be Trent Hodkinson. And the Tigers are equal worse. with just 67 points, 13 below average. Therefore, their front rowers to score Supercoach points per 80 minutes. And they've got the second-worst-scoring left half-back in Luke Brooks and the, and, uh, the third-worst-scoring right half-back in Mitchell Moses. So definitely, while we're not seeing as much from the top side... Um, David, I think from the bottom, you can say that if, if your forwards aren't going forward, you're, hard, you're on a hiding to nothing to pick uh, these halves, Andrew, regardless of how talented they are. I think you're right, mate. I mean, I, with Trent Hogginson, he's the incumbent uh, New South Wales half, and he's not a known supercoach performer anyway. I mean, he's a good, good goalkeeper, and he hasn't missed a kick this year. I think he's actually missed one uh, last week against Maui. Uh, I guess it's just a tried and true, you know, with the uh, Milfords and even to a, you know, a Hunt, you know, they're, they're the Supercoach uh, go-to halves uh, now, along with uh, Thurston and Morgan. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right there. And, and you know, maybe you're not getting too much out of it from the other side. You can still sort of look at those better performing halves rather than um, needing to tie it to the to the forwards, but you want at least average for those guys. Let's move on and have a look now at um, the price predictor, price rises. And, of course, um, the top guys to, to grow are Sulawesi Vunuvalu there for the Storm. A massive amount of 81,000 this week based upon a big predictor, but even a lower score should still see him increase quite a lot in price. Um, Joseph Leilua, 51,000 after that big game. You know, he's going to get the benefit of, of that uh, and a great matchup again this week, coming up pretty much against Jamie Soward. So he's, he's leaked a lot of, um, I guess, a lot of supercoach points against his side of the defence there for Penrith. Uh, interesting to see Cameron Cullen, a couple of good games um, back to back. He's been named again this week, which we'll go through later 46,000. And Michael Morgan, he's playing a, a really high standard, Ryan, there, and a 43,000 increase in him, but I guess the origin, you know, you're weighing up, bring him in, get that price bump, but he'll probably be out in a few weeks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, it's a tough call with him. Um, you know, I guess probably if you've got him, um, you hang on to him for as long as you can. It's going to be tough over that origin period, though. Jordan Rapana also up there and Kerrid Holland 
Holland's just got to get the accuracy back together with his with his kicking to go even better. Um, and Ben Hunt, a bit below that, looking more like a 30,000 rather than a 40,000 increase, but he's up there as well as Cooper Cronk and Cameron Smith, who had big games last week, and even Gareth Widdop there with 27,000. Um, Andrew, the other way is the interesting one because he's due to lose 50,000 is James Tedesco, and I guess if you've owned him all this way, you're probably holding on through Origin. I know I've had that discussion before, but um, if you were looking at uh, moving on purely for Origin, you might do it a couple of weeks early, um, 50,000 price drop, but then again, you know, with no two of us as Sheck, you've probably got to hold on to him. Yeah, I think you've got to hold on to him. He's... Uh... You know, he got beaten by 60 on the weekend, so it's not, you know, that's not going to happen every week, uh, for your guys' sake, hopefully. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he had a, he had a, a rough game. He's, you know, he's a bona fide star super coach uh, and NRL-wise, so, yeah, you, you got to hold on to him, even taking that punt that he might not play Origin. Um, Laurie Daly, you know, he's in the, in, in frame, but, he, you know, he's not incumbent, so mm. you got to take that into consideration. Good point. Apposite Coruscant, 26,000, and along with Josh Mansour in the negatives for this week predicted. So there are a couple of guys. Well, Coruscant probably won't play, even though he's been named. We talked about Manly a couple of times earlier in the show already. Um, Trent Hodkinson, well, we already said he's not a super coach option anyway, but he's drifting lower and lower at his price. Andrew Fafita's an interesting one, 24,000. A lot of people brought him in on the back of a couple of big games. Hasn't done much since. Will probably be picked for origin, you would assume. Luke Lewis is the same, mainly because of that injury a couple of um, games back. Um, Thomas Ludelai. 22, well, this is a guy that's got some ability but still based upon last year's price. So you're probably waiting for the bottom to fall out there. And Solomon Okada, well, he's been very good, but the Warriors on a slide and uh, 20,000 he's due to lose this week. This is the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable podcast. You can download this uh, podcast each and every week on iTunes or via our website, www.supercoachpros.com. Don't forget to give us a like on Facebook, at Supercoachpros, and follow us on Twitter if you don't already do that, at Supercoachpros. We tweet out before each and every game an hour before kickoff to give you any last-minute changes. We'll see a lot of them this round. Don't you worry about that. It is time to look at the Round 8 preview now, and we'll start with uh, the South Tigers game. Look, I'm uh, not really looking forward to this one, but we'll start with the Rabbitohs first. They've also um, had a few losses in a row, so they'll be looking for a bounce-back game here. Kyle Turner's back for Paul Carter, who's suspended with that trip. George Burgess has been known on the bench now with Heimel Hunt out injured. That allows Kurosoma Arva to move into the centres, opening up the bench spot for George Burgess. Sam Burgess, definitely um, the best, along with... Adam Reynolds, if he does end up playing, there is a question mark, as we suggested earlier in the show. I guess Cody Walker could be someone that you could bring straight in if if he gets named with Reynolds potentially um, being ruled out. Cameron McGuinness has upside, but he loses it because Damien Cook's been named at the number nine. And Aaron Gray is definitely a wild card due to the matchup. Not much to talk about from the Tigers. Tim Simona in for Nathan Maloney. Maybe a bounce-back game here for these guys, but not a lot of super coach options, Ryan. Maybe Kevin Naguama. Yeah, maybe. And that's a big maybe as well. Um, yeah, it's hard to pick someone from the Tigers given their current um, form and what they've dished up. Last game, so yeah, you're just they're just too unpredictable to know. Um, look, you know Robbie Farah is going to make a number of tackles, but he's not worth it because he's not producing 
um, in attack what he should. Um, and for the rabbits, I guess, yeah, as you say, in Burgesses um, and possibly Aaron Gray being that um, he's up against a um, <laughs> defensive he's, line that yeah, doesn't really do much defence. He's sitting in the Jordan Rapana spot. We've seen Gray go really large in the past. Look, if you play fan sports, and I'll tell you what, they had a great um, double-up offer on, on Monday for um, Anzac Day, the two-up. Um, games, but if you play fan sports there, I reckon Aaron Gray's one you might want to throw into some of your teams. Um, Eels v the Dogs, uh, both teams are unchanged. Look, the Dogs have been tough to score supercoach points against, but ex- with the exception of their right side defence. So Simi Red Raja, Michael Jennings, definitely having that upside along with it, Manu Mao. Don't think Junior Paulo and Nathan Peets will go as poorly as last week either, so they're probably safe enough plays. Uh, the Dogs, James Graham, clearly um, number one pick. It is a tough matchup for them too, Andrew. I guess Josh Jackson, Aidan Tolman also um, predicting to do okay. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking that James Graham is probably one of the better ones, but then you look at the Eels forward pack and, and not many um, metres to be gained and... and it was really tied up in their defence this, this year. So it's a really tough matchup. I really like uh, Manu Mao. I think he can do some damage on the edges there. So, yeah, have him running at, at one of the halves. I think um, he might be able to score some points this week. Running, I guess, at, at the side Josh Reynolds has been on. Um, that's been the side that's been poor for the Dogs. Um, Panthers v the Raiders. I think this should be a pretty decent game of rugby league. Uh, Peter Wallace goes back in the halves with no team. Maria Martin, he's out injured. James Seguiaro back at hooker. Um, also, um, Dean Fare is in for an injured Walker Blake and Sam McKendry joining a five-man bench. Definitely Trent Merrin um, playing at a, gro- a high level. He's the obvious choice there. Maybe Jamie Sauer does get an uptick. Um, Bryce Cartwright, Matt Mullen, be strong choices there. The Raiders, Frank Paul Nuasala joins a five-man bench. No name to really change things here for Ricky Stewart. Ryan, Josh Hodgson's uh, the best, according to Predictor, but guys like Joey Lolia and Elliot Whitehead and even Aiden Caesar and, and maybe even Jack White and anyone running at, at Jamie Soward <laughs> yeah. deserves an uptick. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of traffic's going to be directed his way somehow. Um yeah, look, look. You pick the guy who who I would say is your, you know, your lock, which is Hodgson, who um yeah. absolutely dominated last week, and he's been really good all season. So I can't see that um, changing this week. Well, speaking of hookers, uh, we go to the Roosters Knights game, and the Roosters have one of the best so far this year. Jake Fred, him and Sean Kenny Dow, probably the best. Look, they get Mitchell Pierce back, which. Puts Ryan Madison to the bench. Um, Isaac Liu also returning. Mitch Orbison, perhaps somewhat surprising, moving out to left centre, um, allowing Aidan Guerra to play in the back row. Both Guerra and Orbison could be good choices there. And Jared Rear Hargroves is a big one also put onto the bench. And don't be surprised if guys like uh, Jackson Hastings and Joe Burgess uh, They've certainly got the upside against the Knights. Um, Dylan Narper, another one there, of course. The Knights, they've named pretty much their whole squad. Andrew, I guess, um, Pat Mataudia, the main one there, back for Peter. And, and, and um, Will Pearce will named at 5'8", although Brock Lamb on an extended bench, um, along with Paulie Paulie. I guess maybe Sam Mattiori or Corbin Sims. Maybe Dane Gagai. I mean... This one, yeah, it's almost a battle for the spoon if the Tigers weren't, weren't so bad. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for the Knights, everyone who's gone up against them has scored pretty well. So, I mean, 
uh, maybe a point of difference. I mean, not really a point of difference, but I, I've got a feeling that Latrell Mitchell is going to go pretty large this week, just with uh, with getting the the team back together. So mm. you know, and getting to um, he, he really is Corden up here. So I just got a feeling that, that Mitchell's going to go large, and and like I said, the poor old Knights, they, they can't take a trick at the moment. Even their their you know experienced players are. are getting hurt, so it's a bit tough for them, so I can't see anything changing this week. And it's interesting with Mitchell, because he had a poor game on Anzac Day, a big occasion, young player, but you often see these players, especially these class young players, they have a bounce back, and I'm wondering if against Newcastle, we've already seen guys like Anthony Milford go berserk against them, Um, you know, could he have his breakout day? This week. Yeah, I've got a feeling it's a, it's a, it's a calculator. It's not too too much of a gamble, you know, like I said before. It's not too hard. Don't to have him as captain, not... but have him in your 17 somewhere. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to say, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's look at the Manly and the Cowboys game. I guess we'll, we'll stay with you, Andrew. I know we already talked about what Manly would do. They've named the same 17 with Matt Parcell as 19th man, but as we said earlier, we're expecting those changes to be along the lines of Matt Wright coming in, Dylan Walker or Braden Williami at fullback. Uh, Coruscant, if he if he gets over the lower black complaint to play in the halves, if Walker goes back to fullback, or possibly, um, if not, then they've got to find maybe someone from even the under twenties to find. It's it's all hands on deck uh, for them. Um, as for the Cowboys, well, they've added Joe, um, John Asiata back as 18th uh, man, but realistically, they haven't had to make. Um, many changes because things have been going very well for them. Um, let's have a look what the predictor says now. Jake Jaborovic, brilliant last week. He should go well for Manly again along with Martin Tapao and obviously um, Matt Parcell if he plays. As for uh, the Cowboys, Morgan and um, also Ethan Lowe probably their, their best but you can never discount Jonathan Thurston either, Andrew. No, that's right, JT. Especially against Manly's uh if I'm honest, a bit flimsy defence on the goal line. JT will eat that eat that stuff up. So um, it is a rookie, but again, JT's all class. As for Manly, um, yeah, I've got a feeling that Walker's going to be playing fullback. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously, if if Coruscant's fit, he'll be number six. So uh, yeah, again, it's a tough one for Manly. Keep an eye on. Uh, Adam Fenua Blake, he's been building pretty nicely. I mean, he got his chance two weeks ago, and he's still bargain basement price. So, yeah, if you if you can put him on your on your watch list, might be a guy worth bringing in this week before the price bump and just seeing what happens. Um, you know, if you've got that position in your forward pack to do so. The Warriors and the Saints, uh, big changes for the Warriors, obviously, um, with no Tormalila Lolahiha and also Simon Mannering out. Charlie Gubb goes into lock. Jacob Lineman prop this only to the bench. Fusatua has gone to fullback there. He may interchange with Jonathan Wright. That's what we saw late in the game on Monday. Wright there named on the wing, but he, they may end up swapping positions. Interesting to see guys like Sean Lane, uh, Z- uh, Jazz Tavaga and um, James Gabbard. Gavay named on a five-man bench. The Saints, well, Aitken's back, but with Joel Thompson under suspension suspension cloud, we, should, we might see Tane Milne um, retain his spot in the 17. Looked pretty good, although he copped a pretty nasty head knock, the one that <laughs> caused all the controversy at the end of that game. Um, for the, the Saints, Jake, Jack DeBillon is uh, the obvious standout. Um, there, you know, Josh Dugan, again, getting a bit of a, an uptick. 
but do you take the risk on him? And Tyson Frizzell, probably a safer play. And Ryan, I mean, Bodine Thompson, Ben Madalino up there, and so is Shaw Johnson, but can you risk any of the Warriors this week? Well, I don't know. You'd imagine that they wouldn't have as bad a game as they did against Melbourne. And the, no offence to the Dragons, but they're no Melbourne. Um, so it's hard. It's really hard to pick to pick anyone, uh, you know, with any confidence. I guess Sean Johnson, you know, you're going to play him every week if you got him because he's got that propensity to go pretty large when he wants. And the guy who's relatively consistent is Bodine Thompson. Yeah, and and Thompson is the one that grades out the best um, there in the um, on the edge. So that would be interesting to see how he goes. Uh, Let's go to the Titans-Storm game now. And for the Titans, well, still Cameron Cullen in the halves with no Ash Taylor. So he'll be an interesting one to potentially bring in if you've got room in your in your halves to do so. Lachlan Burr added to the bench there. And it looks like Sulesi Vunivalu named again on the wings. He's going to get that huge uptick. Andrew, he's pretty much a, a must uh, bring in, I would assume, this week. It looks like he's going to play that all-important third game. And he's got a, a nice uh, match-up to boot. Yeah, bring him in. You have, you have to get him in. He's a short-term cash cow, and you know what? He's he's built like a you know one of those big, powerful Fijian that that loves to score tries and break tackles. So yeah, I don't see any downside to having him in the team. Yeah, he's probably safe to even um, play straight away. Cameron Smith, Jesse Bromwich, Cameron Munster, all up there, big-time predictor players with Tahu Harris and even Dale Finucane. A guy I also liked, Andrew, I should have mentioned before, was uh, Richard Kenner on Monday. He's a guy uh, that it's going up and up in price, but probably still worth uh, a shot. Could go up up 20 grand again this week. Yeah, you and I are talking off air about him. He's, he's got a bit of football in him. He's... Um... You know, he came onto the Supercoach team last year and, and didn't really kind of reach those heights. But, you know, the more you see him, the more the more I like him. So, yeah, like I said, a bit of football in him and he's, you know, a potential point of difference. Ryan James, uh, the best for the Titans. Not a great matchup for them. Greg Bird and Zeb Taylor could be worth playing. They've been pretty good uh, most of the year. The Sharks feed the Broncos. Cronulla unchanged. Another good victory for them last weekend. But this one's really going to be a good match, a good way to end uh, Sunday night. There's no Monday night game this uh, this round. But Sunday night footy. Um, Paul Gallen is the best for the Sharks with Andrew Fafida. And uh, Chad Townsend gets a nice uptick here, so that could be interesting. Michael Ennis is usually a safe play, although uh, I'll be interested because he's had a few games against uh, four New South Wales where he hasn't been at his best. He played for the Broncos way back when too, so wonder how that matchup will affect him. Uh, for Brisbane, Alex Glenn back for them. Um, interesting one, of course, is... Um, Cody Nikarima coming in. Travis Waddell on the bench for no Andrew McCulloch, who's out injured. Uh, Nikarima, not the great matchup for him to start with um, in this one, but he does get the opportunity. Corey Parker, Matt Gillette, Ben Hunt are the best there. It's a bit of a down tick, but Ryan, for Anthony Milford, considering the Sharks have been the toughest team to score supercoach points against all year. Yeah, well, that's right. They have been pretty stingy. Um, and we've seen um, with Milford this year, if teams um, give up a lot of points to that five-eight or to the half position, he generally um, he generally uh, u- utilises that and goes pretty pretty well. But when he's up against the tougher opposition, he's generally a little bit quiet and he doesn't normally buck the trend in that in that manner. 
Yeah, that's that's a, a good point. And, and we've seen in the past, you make him captain on the wrong week, it can go horribly wrong. So, <laughs> so wrong. Uh, okay, let's go on to our tweets now for this week. Um, a couple of ones there from uh, Josh. Got my eye on Ken Edwards for buy coverage. Do you think um, Tim Manor will take up his minutes, however, when he returns? Uh, Ryan, I'll stick with you on this one. What do you think? Um, yeah, look, I think having Kenny Edwards in your team, even regardless of bike coverage, is not too not too uh, bad a thing to have. Um, whether or not Manor comes back and takes minutes, you know, a share of it, um, how much remains to be seen, and it also depends on how well. Um, Kenny Edwards is going and the position parameter are in um, by that stage. Kenny Edwards coming on the right edge and Bo Scott moves into the middle third when he comes on. Maybe with Manor coming back, Scott can stay out to the right, but the way Edwards has played from the beginning of the year, I don't see that happening. The one issue, obviously, is that he doesn't have that high upside. That's what I'd be concerned about. Uh, Josh, you also ask if you should trade out Josh Mansour. And who would be the best trade-in with buy in mind? Andrew, we did say earlier he's due to lose, I think, the third most amount of money this week. So with Penrith not playing in round 12, is it something that you do or do you still want to hold on to sort of your stud players right up until round, until round 11, round 12? Yeah, I think, I'm, I think I want to keep him for at least another week. He's too good of a player not to go large. He's been fairly quiet. Uh, of late, but he's like like we said before, he's he's a stud and he's a proven super catch performer. All it's going to take is him to score two tries and his price will bump back up. So for, for now, I'm keeping keeping a hold of him um, just purely on his reputation. It's not a great matchup uh, this round against the Raiders. Um, things get better for him sort of post their buys. So you are weighing weighing that up, Ryan. Are there other players there that you look at? I mean, we mentioned uh, Vunivalu. Do you go the cheap option um, and try to hit on a winner? Or Richard Cannon? I was actually going to suggest that um, because that's going to save you a lot of money. Um, you're going to get a bump anyway. And then if it doesn't work out, then you've got a lot of cash to, to spend on a guy who's, who's dominating. Um, so I think that's probably the best option at the moment. Brad Fogarty... Um, asks us, what are your thoughts about trading out Jacob Saifiti and Jaden Nikarima for James Fisher-Harris and Cody Nikarima? Nikarima gets the opportunity, and Fisher-Harris had the upside last week, Andrew, but um, is it going to result in, in immediate sort of points this week? They've both got pretty tough matchups. I think it's it's pretty... I like the sound of that. Um, I mean, with Saifiti, he's not shown us too much... Anyway, so, I mean, at least um, Fisher-Harris has something in the bank now and Cody Nikarima, I mean, McCulloch's out now, so um, he's going to get a lot of game time. So uh, it's all upside. I think it's a, it's a really good trade. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. I mean, if Fisher-Harris are going to get a bump anyway, maybe you've left it one round to wait too late. I love Nelson Asofa Solomona. Same sort of player. I'm hoping maybe he's going to still have his breakout game. But what you've also got to remember, of course, is um, the Knights play in round 12. Um, uh, 
but Penrith don't. So you're probably also trying to figure if you've got to get rid of Saifidi, which which I agree with you, Andrew. He's hit his limit. I think you've made your money out of him, and it's time to sort of roll him over into someone else. But um, I'm not sure. Ryan, do you like the trade? Is there someone else, somewhere else you can go um, with, with if you are getting rid of Saifidi? Um, look, I like that trade. It's it's probably um, one that's, you know, it's not going to net you huge gains, but it's certainly, um, and the, yeah, obviously the danger is how Nicarima's, uh, Kay, Kay Nicarima's going to be used, not Jay Nicarima. Mm. Um, he should play for 40 minutes. I'm, I'm guessing he'll get 40 minutes. Whether he actually starts, I mean, Waddell could actually start, you know, and, and, and Nicarima off the bench, but I still think he'll get decent minutes, decent enough. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's right. Um, with McCulloch out, as Pat said, for a number of weeks, um, yeah, he's he's definitely going to be in there. You, you'd assume because he he was he's been there um, on the bench in the you know in the full strength in Alberta Commons Broncos side. So, yeah, I think he will get some he will get some play there. It just depends on um, yeah time, I guess. All right, guys, and finally, at PK Supercoach asks us. Um not exactly super coach relevant, but I tell you what, it could get uh, could get things boiling here. If you're a long time listener, you'd know that when we did uh, NRL topics, this was always a beauty. Instead of Golden Point, would first team to be ahead by three points in the ten minutes extra time work better? Andrew, I'll, I'll start with you. I don't want to open up the full can of worms. We all have different opinions on extra time and Golden Point, etc. But is this a viable option? I'll keep it pretty short. Um... Whenever you start messing with the the fabric of the game, I think it, that, that's a bit dangerous. So, I don't like the the idea of someone being ahead by ten or three three points. I, I think that kind of messes with the fabric a little bit too much. So, no for me. I'll keep it. I'll keep it as short as possible. No, <laughs> Ryan. Um, yeah, look, I don't mind it um, per se. It'd, it'd have to be. I would prefer that in. Um, say, a situation where that already, you know, oh, I don't know, it's hard. Like, <laughs> We've had our debates in the past, haven't we? Golden point, something like that. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we've heard Corey Parker say, oh, you know, it wasn't really fair in the grand final and they dropped the ball and the other team kicked the field goal. But I'm thinking, well, if it happened in the 79th minute, then that's exactly what you would do. You would pack a scrum and you'd kick a field goal. So, yeah. It's golden point, you know, and anyway. So I don't know. I agree with you, Andrew. I don't, why mess with the fabric? I mean, if you can kick a field goal in the 70th minute, why can't you kick it in the 81st? I know Peter's not with us tonight. He's ill. I should have mentioned that earlier, but uh, not with us tonight. But I know he is not a fan of golden point at all. But uh, I like it. I think it's good for the fans, especially the more casual fans. It brings people into the game. And people, often they want a result. So not quite super coach relevant as the others but I tell you what one good thing about um, having extra time is that it gives you an opportunity if you've got players playing to get those extra points it might just be what you'd need especially late on in the round <laughs> oh but those those missed field goals are killer yeah <laughs> why do they have to have that one, that stat in there missed field goal it just seems unjust yeah. oh, alright guys that does it um, for the show of course I'll be tweeting out um, 
before and during each game this round, but we are taking a week off next week because of the uh, test being on, no actual NRL being played. So we're going to take that opportunity just to take a week off, have a breather and be back fresh for you in two weeks' time. Um, thank you, Andrew, so much. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Thanks, mate. It's always, always good fun. And, Ryan, thank you also. Uh, enjoy no, the all. following week off. Yes. And I am Paulie G and of course Pete back with us in in two weeks as well. Hope you're resting up and recovering, Pete. And Pat will be back with us in two weeks also. This is Supercoach Professionals Roundtable Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Supercoach Pros and give us a like on Facebook. And you can go to that website, www.supercoachpros.com. The recaps are already up from last week. The previews will be up shortly, perhaps by the time you're listening to this, certainly by Wednesday evening. And uh, we will do all the recaps next week for you also, even though there'll be no show. And we will catch you in two weeks' time. Bye for now.